Hey, this is Robert Mason, the Ringer NFL Show. Even though the Super Bowl is over, free agency, the combine, and the draft are all right around the corner, and the Ringer NFL Show will have you covered, bringing everything you need to know. You can subscribe to the Ringer NFL Show at iTunes.com slash The Ringer or wherever you get your podcasts. David Shoemaker, as usual. Dave Schilling is here, I guess, as usual. And, uh, and Dan St. Germain, as usual, is on a telephone on some CBS lot. Uh, Dan, how you doing, man? Uh, it's good, man. It's good. I'm, I'm, getting my, uh, I'm getting my pedicure while I have this phone conversation. So. Hollywood, Dan oh, St. Germain. Yeah. How is, is, uh, yeah. How's being the head writer of Kevin Can Wait? Is it, is it working <laughs> out for you? Oh, my God. It's amazing. We're, uh, we're changing the whole... Uh, we're changing the whole format next season, so it's in space. So Oh, that's big breaking great. news here on the Masked Man Show. Yeah, um, it's going to be huge. In all seriousness, Dan writes for a show called Superior Donuts, which is very funny, and everybody should watch it, but they've not, they've not paid Thank for, you, this, sir. for this, uh, for Thank this investment. Thank you. Um, you are getting paid for it, so but yes. Oh, nice. Uh, Through listen, friendship. We were just, we, but we were just sort of recording in a hurry because we started talking about uh, Elimination Chamber, and Dan and Dave just started immediately. Just sort, of, just sort of went right into a bunch of just like, just truth bomb predictions here. Hot um, fantasy booking. It's all there. It's all out here. <laughs> uh, they, it is they, the most unpredictable card in history. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there were, if they were going to do. I, I, I'll, I'll take you at your word that it's very predictable, Dan, or your, your implied word. If they were going to try to make it seem like a moment of unpredictability, putting it on the weekend like three and a half days after the last pay-per-view and five days before the next one is probably not the moment. I mean, it just feels like, like just scheduling-wise, we are on a straight path to WrestleMania. That said, they've been you know pulling out some wild cards already, and the injury bug has been has been playing a part two, but Dan, what are, what are your, what are your predictions for the elimination chamber? Well, I mean, come on, man. I mean, they had Cena and Orton fight this week. <laughs> that was like, that was the, that was just them being like, yeah, we know. I, I think that the WWE just realized it's not going to be a big, uh, pay-per-view and they're, they realize like, Hey, you know, people who are diehards are going to, are going to tune in because they're going to think it's cool when Bray Wyatt wins the title. And, uh, they're gonna, you know, we'll we'll give them something to hint at Cena's next storyline. So I think that's really the reason to watch this. And I like the Elimination Chamber match. I know a lot of people don't, but I, th- I think it's I think it's fun. I think it's just a good way to get more subscribers to the network. Like the more content like yeah. this, because you could do this as a as a SmackDown. You could do the SuperCard SmackDown like the Wild Card Finals thing. But why not have it on the network? Mm-hmm. Why not have a gimmick match? And why not try to goose the subscriber number? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if it's subscriber number at this point so much as it's just like getting people to remember that it's WrestleMania. See, people who are already subscribing, just getting them, you know, clued back in. Um, Yeah, I don't think it's a – and here's the thing, too, is I don't think it's a bad thing that it's predictable. Um, You know, like, I really get it – you know, I think that those those build-ups, even though the, you know, Austin and Bret Hart match was incredible at WrestleMania 13, those build-ups to those – like, WrestleMania 13 had one of those where the build-up to it was so crazy and no one knew, you know, who was in what spot, and part of that was injuries. And, and, you know, I don't think that's great either, so I'm fine with both this and Fastlane being utterly predictable. Um, but what I'm not fine with is that the even though the matches and the match cards are predictable, even the WrestleMania cards are predictable, that our way of getting there and the storytelling 
uh, that gets there is predictable. I want that to be fresh and different and, you know, like similar to even what Miz and Dolph Ziggler did. Do something different it's like, also, to get there. It's also predictable just because we're the ones uh, looking at the, the rumors. We're the ones reading the dirt sheets. And just because we yeah. know that Bray Wyatt's probably going to walk out with the belt doesn't mean that Joe Fan or Jill Fan knows that that's going to happen. It, that could be a huge surprise for someone who's not as active in the internet wrestling community as as those of us listening to the show or being on this show. I'm very active in the internet wrestling community. <laughs> it's on my Tinder profile. How many message boards are you a member of, and what's your, your username on those message boards? <laughs> I, do you have a username on it? Yeah, you have to have a username do, on every message you? board. Well, I don't have them. I mean, I don't. I don't do the message board. I mean, I just go to the dirt sheets. I go to cage side seats and wrestle zone, and sometimes Bleacher Report. Um, Even your place a shout out, Shelling. Shout out Bleacher Report. Wow, that's gonna get cut out of the episode. Jeez, man. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm just like, I'm just talking over it right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's. I think that there is a there's a there's a world in which Bray Wyatt doesn't get the championship only because it's simple enough to tell whatever stories are going forward, whether or not that feud has the belt. And, you know, this is the sort of last second decision that you could see WWE creative making. That said, it does feel sort of, sort of like a done deal. Um, I don't know. What's the story? Like, like, uh, why it costs Orton his shot then at WrestleMania, like at at the title picture. That's, I mean, because then you have to like find a way that Orton does, doesn't I mean I'm just saying if they're still going to do Orton versus Wyatt you know without without the title you got to find a way to get rid of you know do kind of what you did to Mr. Kennedy when he had his money in the bank you're right I was like fantasy booking or a couple weeks ago that they just don't need they don't need to pull the trigger on the Wyatt Orton feud for until the month after or something like that but uh but yeah no I think that I think that it's you know we can all we can all see the way it's going um Luke Harper, well, thought, thoughts on thoughts on Luke's uh, steady progression into a into a what did, what did you call him, Dave? The, like the babyface icon? Yeah, he's going to be the next Shawn Michaels, except with way less hair. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Well, I mean, on top, yeah, he or comb it forward like uh, some other guys in WWE these days. Oh man! Uh, so Dan, Dan, do you have a? Were you high on Luke Harper this week? What are, how are you rating him? Um, you know, I always loved Luke Harper. I like his style of wrestling. Um, I, I don't. I didn't love that promo that he did, um, and I and I really wanted to like it. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's just he's like you know it's it's kind of weird because you hear him like I remember I listened to him on Talk as Jericho, and he's kind of like a little bit more and I don't want to say dorky, but a little bit more awkward than you think. Oh yeah, you know, like you almost kind of think his like his speech is going to be almost like kind of JBL where he's going to be, or like like this, or even Terry Funky, where it's just like, you know, like once he starts talking, he's going to have that kind of like that like easygoing Western sort of thing that goes with the style. But he 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 does, and he's a little bit he seems a little bit more awkward. So yeah, well, if anybody's seen the, I'm sure most people listening to this have seen the uh, the, the old MySpace photos of his that like uprocks unearthed, or I'm sure Reddit unearthed and uprocks posted about. Um, if you haven't seen it, Google it because they are they are no, magnificent, I've never seen it. and they they fit they fit the voice a little bit uh, a little bit better than what you were imagining. Um, 
So do you, what do you think? I mean, Dave chime in on this too. Luke Harper versus Randy Orton. Do we think do we think there's any storyline progression here? Or is this going to be at Elimination Chamber? Is just this is going to be setting the table for something else? Well, like I was saying before we went on the air, my prediction right now, and this could be completely off base, is that Luke Harper is going to realize that he can get back in the good graces of Bray Wyatt by helping Bray Wyatt win the belt in the in the the main event. Because I think the ultimate story is Bray and Luke against Randy Orton as a babyface. Because Randy Orton still, in a lot of ways, plays the role of the babyface in his matches. So I think Luke Harper loses the match um, through maybe nefarious means, maybe a clean pin. I don't think it really matters. And it's going to be a straight-ahead match. But Bray Wyatt's going to be at ringside, and he's going to be manipulating him through facial gestures and things like that. And then the story will be... Luke Harper coming out, turning on Randy Orton, helping Bray Wyatt. And, of course, Bray Wyatt in character is going to, you would imagine, feel very grateful for getting the belt. And I think that that's the, that's the scenario that sets up this main event is, is Randy Orton as the babyface challenger against Bray Wyatt, the champion. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, Dan, any thoughts on that? I completely agree, and I'm also looking at these MySpace pictures, and they are delightful. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty great. He's just—he's like the world's he's like he's like the tall the world's tallest MXPX fan or something. And the, like it's a it's a really <laughs> warped tour daddy. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, he's wearing. Cause remember that? Like, I guess if we were, were all around the same age, or but like, uh, there was like that fascination in like high school of like the pimp outfit and shit. Oh yeah. So like, he's got like his character. One of his characters is like a like a party city pimp. I guess that was his first wrestling character. You mean like the Godfather? It's amazing. Yes, basically like the Godfather. Yeah, yeah, with a hundredth of the budget. <laughs> Check it out. Okay, it's um, amazing. Yeah, I mean. It, it's kind of crazy that is. I mean, I'm just looking. I'm just looking at like the Raw and SmackDown, the Raw and SmackDown sides of the roster right now. It's kind of crazy that that Luke Harper and I mean, maybe to an even greater extent, Braun Strowman are like two of the most over guys in the company. I mean, Luke Harper, they're 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 positioning him uh, as a babyface, which helps that. But it's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I, I, I Bray Wyatt. Is, is just so amazing that I it almost feels like he's getting lost in the shuffle of his own protégés being being given the given the rocket. That's why he's getting he the strap. Title, yeah. That's why he's getting the belt. I guess that all that's out the that's out the door. He's a twenty first century Ric Flair, and the Wyatt family is a four horseman, and he just makes stars. That's his job. Now I'm looking at the rest of the card. We can just hit on this. Well, I think we're going a little crazy, guys. But <laughs> yeah. well, hot take. That's the pull quote from this episode. I'm uh, the. Uh, I mean. Ziggler is in a handicap match against Apollo Crews and Kalisto after his nefarious chair shooting actions on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, that, that I didn't get at all. Me like, either. I mean, I don't know. I don't mean to sound like Jim Cornette or anything. Like, what, what the fuck? Um, but they, uh, uh, you can't. You're trying to build this new heel, and then you're going to have him in a handicap match against two people who aren't as over as he is. Yeah, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. If he wins, he buries them. If they win, they bury him. There's no no scenario. In this match that makes anyone look good. Well, if he win, if he if Ziggler wins, then it's like a, an underdog spot. Like he, he's, yeah, but he's a heel. That's what I mean. Yeah, I that's mean, crazy talk. Um, that that's really still crazy. Bill booking him like a face. That's the problem. He's got to change his music. He's got to change his costume. He's got to change his 
his uh his entrance everything needs to be scrapped and started from scratch with this guy otherwise he's never going to get over as a heel the problem is that when you just start if you reboot his character then that gives fans more reason to like if you do like the hard you know if he he shaves his head and and comes out in black tights or something then like fans are going to go nuts for him because it'll be stone cold steve austin the wyatt family Ooh, well, you I like need that. the guy there anyway, right? I love that cool. idea. Have him shave and stuff. Um, I, I don't mind this. Now, the, on the on the the in the women's division on SmackDown, we have two different matches, both of which I'm actually really excited for. Um, but I, I don't. I mean, I, I find it hard to imagine this is going to add up to more than one match at WrestleMania. So we got Alexa Bliss versus Naomi and, and Becky Lynch versus Mickey James. Um, I mean, maybe maybe it's just maybe Naomi is just uh, I mean, maybe this is just a one month push. And then at Mania, we're going to have Alexa, Becky, Mickey, triple threat or something like that. I don't know. What do you what do you think, Dan? First off, uh, I want to say that, like, uh, Mickey James is really hot as like that. (laughs) She like dresses like someone who lives in Arizona whose like first marriage didn't work out. (laughs) But she's still like like they still divorced divorce when they were like 31. So she's just got that like rocking like post-divorce body she should come down um, to the ring my, with the a glass of white wine every week <laughs> exactly <laughs> like a white well like stings Cougar Town gimmick. Oh, well, yes, you, you're, you're in charge of booking tna they just called me this is incredible <laughs> me and jeff jarrett <laughs> i would i would i would save that company um anyway mickey i'll be in orlando so um but uh i think yeah i i I think it's, you know, it's weird having a double contract signing. I think it was weird that they, you know, Renee Young tried to sell it like crazy, but it's like, this is the first ever double contract signing. And part of me was like, well, the reason it's the first ever is because it's stupid to have a double contract signing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like the whole point of a contract signing is two people staring down alone in a ring with like a piece of paper. You know, it's like, this is the first ever group on <laughs> contract signing <laughs> and it feels really like it, weird it, it, it just opens up for a lot of just a lot of just problem like just yeah a lot of like serious contractual issues like what if you sign the wrong piece of paper there's a lot of pins and pages floating around out there you know it's just it's it's really impractical <laughs> that's what i was thinking that would be see that's that's what i understand is like wouldn't if you like like ostensibly the biggest heel move would be mickey grabbing the pen and just signing the alexa bliss contract you know, and then she gets a title shot. Yeah, and we've seen it from we know from WWE history that that actually works. Like if you just sign the wrong <laughs> yeah. contract, or you sign someone else's name, or anything, there's a lot of ways that yeah. can go down. Um, yeah, Jack got, Tunney is inspecting every one of those. Um, and I, I mean, I left out Nikki Bella versus Natalia. We, you know, the, are the rumors still holding holding strong that that we're going to have the mixed tag team match between Miz and Cena? I mean, Miz and Maurice versus Cena and Nikki. I have not heard anything to make that any less likely. That's not to say that it's yeah. going to happen. It's just that I have not heard a counter rumor yet. Yeah. I actually like the build I for this match. Mixed feelings of it, but go on. No, no, you go ahead, Dan. What are your mixed feelings? Well, my mixed feelings of this is that I think the build-up is actually going to be awesome. Like, I think Miz, Miz's build-ups to pay-per-views are, in a lot of ways, sometimes better than the matches themselves. Uh, hey, one second. Hi. <laughs> it's his agent. Um, so I'm a little bit bummed out that Cena can't have, like, a five-star actual match at Mania. But I do think now that all this time has passed since 27, there's going to be a lot of really cool storytelling between all four of them. So that that's my feeling. Yeah, no, I'm I'm tempted to agree. I I, I think that, that this has the potential to be uh, interesting, if nothing else. And 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 uh, and you know, I mean, it's not going to be a five star match, but but there's definitely. I mean, I think that I think that it's setting itself up to have Miz and Cena 
get a solid 15 minutes in the ring, basically no. one-on-one, -on -one and, and have us be all pleasantly surprised at the quality of the ring work. Um, but I and I agree. I mean, I, I just think that it's it's disappointing that, I mean, at this point, Cena is like a is like I mean, is he like a top five work rate guy in the company? I mean, it, like as far as people who you top look, two in my mind, he's top two. I mean, he's, as as far as people who you look forward to interesting new matchups and that sort of thing. I mean, I I, I yeah, I just think it's really I think that there's that it's shocking to be able to say that about Cena, but it's interesting to be able to. I mean, it's you're right. Like I wish there was a match I was looking forward to. Yep. Well, gentlemen, I apologize, but I um, I need to leave. Hollywood Dan has called, and he's being uh, dragged into a meeting. So, all right, do uh, my best to uh, try to stay angry troll comments. I will. I will. I'll, I'll take. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna enjoy our dodo meat and uh, <laughs> Illuminati wine. So, um, let's all hang out soon, and uh, let's, uh, I'll see you guys probably Sunday, Elimination Chamber, in some form. All right, man. Sounds good. Good, good luck all with right, the Big Bang Theory. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Uh, um, the I, I mean, I honestly, if they really wanted to spice up the elimination chamber, they should just they should just take Baron Corbin out and put Samoa Joe in and just say this match is going to continue till someone is accidentally injured, and then just <laughs> see how that affects booking going forward. If um, only he had injured Roman Reigns. Just oh, kidding. Man. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want anybody to get 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 injured. That's not Samoa right. Joe. Okay, someone texted me. Who was it? Was it was it you? Was it somebody else that texted me uh, right when Samoa Joe debuted? That they weren't sure if he passed the standing next to Randy Orton in the ring test, which is my my all my the 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 metric I always use for how legit somebody's going to look at WWE. I think it was it was Kazee. I don't think it was me. Um, but I think he looked fine. Samoa looked, Joe versus Roman. Samoa Joe looked so legit next to Roman Reigns on Monday night because he's a legit badass. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, so my, my girlfriend never watched NXT, so she, we're watching on Monday night, and she's asking me to give the background on who this guy is. And, uh, and so I gave her a little rundown. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, she she was into it. But I told her that, that you know, I've said this story before. For rest, as far as wrestlers that, I, that I've met in person, with the, for, let's say, for everybody, like, under 6'4", he is by far the most physically imposing dude in a T-shirt. You know, I mean, he's just a scary dude. And his hands are, like, catcher's mitts. That phrase is overused, but, like, man... Shaking his hands is a come to Jesus moment. Uh, but yeah, he's 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 a really legit looking guy, you know. I mean, he's I I just I'm glad that he's getting a chance to to shine and on Raw. My dream scenario, assuming that what they want to do with at WrestleMania does happen, and Goldberg takes the belt, faces Lesnar, loses to Lesnar, gives him his win back, is Lesnar Samoa Joe at SummerSlam. And Samoa Joe wins the belt because Samoa Joe is actually a guy who I feel like in a shoot fight could hold his own with Brock Lesnar. Well, I don't know if we want to go that far. He certainly has trained in various forms of shoot fighting, but at least you could believe it possibly. You could happen. totally believe it. Yeah, you can. You believe the all, his entire arsenal. I I think. I mean, I I I love. I like Kevin Owens better than Samoa Joe. I mean, it, it, it as far. I mean, in twenty at this moment in twenty seventeen, I can say that with confidence. But that said, Samoa Joe's entire arsenal seems more legit versus Brock Lesnar than Kevin Owens. Except maybe the 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 frog splash. I love that Kevin Owens frog splash. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I I would love to see that too. Again, but I, I mean, I'm just as soon as you start booking six months out or longer, I mean, I just get so nervous because we've seen what happens when you try to hold a hold a big feud for some point in the future. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, so what, does Samoa Joe have a spot on the WrestleMania on the WrestleMania roster? Is he is he just on the WrestleMania card, or is he just uh, Finn Balor? That's the one baby face. Finn Balor is, according to Meltzer, Finn Balor is close to coming back. Right? That, yeah. Didn't didn't he drop that? Um, we were just talking about uh, Woj bombs before the show came on the air. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna mispronounce his name, but Adrian Wojnarowski. Wojnarowski. We just got to start using Melts Bomb or something whenever he drops some. Whenever he drops some important information. The big one that he dropped this week was that Seth Rollins is probably going to be good to go for WrestleMania. This is. You remember what's talk? Was it last week that he got hurt? Is it that recently? Yeah, it was last Monday. So we were in here a week ago having this conversation, and I was talking about Friday Night Lights because just the because it's it is. It is possible to walk around on a leg with a, you know, busted MCL or AC. What would he hurt? Was MCL. MCL. And you know, if it's if it's if it's technically healed in eight weeks or whatever, I mean, you or I would be walking around with probably a light knee brace at work mm-hmm. after eight weeks. But we're not professional wrestlers, and we're certainly not professional wrestlers that that use you know in ring agility as like our calling card. But we also don't have the benefit of the best doctors, the best training staff, all the things that, hypothetically speaking, could get him to that point where he could work some kind of match. Maybe he won't be doing 450s or planches or whatever, but he can do certain things. Yeah, and I guess the feud with Triple H certainly lends itself to just like punching each other in the face. Yeah, some big spots, some brawling in the crowd. I really, really, really hope that this happens because... I feel bad for the guy that he's constantly getting hurt and that he missed WrestleMania last year. And the idea of him missing WrestleMania this year is just is the biggest bummer. It's funny because we're in this world of like, we know about the injuries, right? And we like, we know all the, we have medical diagnoses coming at us left and right and all this kind of stuff. But like, there's a way to book this match regardless of his health that in like 1988 would have been incredibly compelling, which is to have him come down to the ring on a cr- on a crutch with his knee taped up or his knee in a brace or whatever, have him insist on wrestling. He signs a waiver and then they brawl for a while. But then it's like, you know, a five minute brawl, and then Triple H goes after the knee and just like beats him down with a sledgehammer for ten minutes. And we got we have a you know that it's the just the emotional swing of that beatdown as we you know Samoa Joe comes out and helps out, and then that's it's it doesn't have to be the main event of WrestleMania. It's not. You know, it can just be a, it can just be like a, just a moment. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's basically what they're doing with Sasha Banks and Nia Jax is Sasha can't work. She shouldn't be out there. She's risking her career, but she's too proud. And that would be a great match. I would, I would be super happy for that. It gives other matches more time. You can put more matches on the card, uh, the actual card, not the pre-show. I think that's a great way to do it. And, uh, you know, you give him his Paul Pierce moment. Wheeling, wheeling him out in the wheelchair and coming out and saving the day. Yeah, well, I mean, I, man, I mean, that would be that. That's much more interesting to me than a than a stopgap. But I, you know, I don't want anybody to get hurt or whatever. Um, before we get too deep, but, but I mean, before we, we'll circle back around to Raw. But the uh, we, you mentioned Jeff Jarrett earlier. Is there anything? First of all, I don't like. <laughs> I wish that TNA were more central to wrestling talk and to just like my fandom in general. And I wish it were as big as WWE only because the story of just what the, the the backstage power struggle at TNA over the last decade would be the most interesting story in the history of pro wrestling. I mean, this is like bigger than, you know, Mushnick's NWA. Like, what, like there's all of like all of like the, 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 the jockeying for who's the next NWA champion. All those stories are great. 
I don't. What is going on at TNA? Like, how did? Why? How is Jeff Jarrett back? He left and started another company. He's just a smooth talker. I don't know. I think. I think. Whenever there's a power vacuum in professional wrestling, a Jarrett will fill it. A Jarrett will fill it. Be it Jerry or Jeff, here they come. Have you seen uh, Jeff Jarrett on Spring Breakers? You know that he has a sort of cult, a cult leader style uh, delivery that Absolutely. he can really win people over. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's just a, a Christian youth group leader in that. And I'm not trying to knock Christianity. Everybody knows. My uh, my deep Christian roots, but then, we were but, just praying before we started. You know, I the pray show. before every show. <laughs> I pray before every show that they let me finish recording. I just wish that you know Matt Hardy and Jeremy Borash got a little bit more creative control over TNA because they have the ideas that people like us have responded to the most. Yeah, I mean Borash had like complete control for a while, right? I mean yeah. he's it's but that's the whole. Everyone's thing. had complete control of that company. Well, here's it. Yeah, I mean it's like you don't want a situation like old WCW where it's where you know, they're bringing in head bookers and then firing them, you know, and it's just, I mean, maybe there's nothing wrong with that. That's sort of the territorial model is you would just bring in, <clears throat> you know, I mean, whoever you bring in Dutch Mantel or whatever for six months and let him run a bruiser Brody's booking behind the scenes, but nobody's allowed to know. I mean, it's, but, but you also don't want, I mean, from on the WWE side, I mean, when people always complain that just, you know, Vince has had, just you know, has been ruling with an iron fist for so long that it's repetitive. But TNA is not a, a better situation where it's like you're not even, you're not like hiring. It would be better if they were hiring head bookers instead of just promote like finding guys who were already and gals who were already employed and just saying like for this month you're the booker, you know, or like you have. It's just a weird situation. It's it's political, uh, from what you know I can tell. Uh, as an observer of these these sorts of things, it's just who has the most support in the back, who has Dixie's ear, who have Anthem's ear now. Wow. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's a shame because consistent booking is what people respond to. It's what makes money. Is we're going to do a year, or two years, or six months, or whatever it is. Twenty seventeen. That's yeah. definitely true. We're going to tell stories, and the stories are going to have beginnings, middles, and ends. Yeah, no, it's totally true. And listen, I, I, I'm a Jeff Jarrett mark from my earliest days. I remember with great affection the commercials they ran of uh, advertising the Jeff Jarrett shirtless in jeans poster on uh, Memphis Wrestling. <laughs> Do you have one in your house? No, I could. I was not allowed to order things over the phone at that age. But uh, but man, they were they were really pushing Jeff Jarrett as just like the the beefcake poster boy for a while. And, and you know, the ladies responded. I would sing with my baby tonight right now, and that's Bruce Pritchard's gimmick. Yeah, that's true. Um, you've been listening to Pritchard's podcast. I have. I is, was is, just... is, Pritchard, is Pritchard's podcast the, like the thing that everyone can agree on in pro wrestling right now? Is, I think so. Is there is there a wrestler that's more universally beloved than is there a wrestler or gimmick more beloved than Bruce Pritchard's podcast is? No, wrestling? no, not at all. It's really remarkable uh, that it's transcended sort of the the general hatred of everything in wrestling fandom to where it's like oh this is this is great because yeah. you get to hear the stories that you don't hear usually so it's wonderful but yeah yeah i mean it's just another i mean I, I not no no reason unnecessarily dog wwe about this but like they could have owned this oh they could have just put this on the network you know like it's not like it, it or just release it as a podcast it's just not the way things are done um it's really great. I mean, and it, it's sort of just, it's per, it's so pro wrestling. I mean, just the fact that every episode is like 14 hours long. And it's just like, it's, it makes Speaking it Speaking so of, perfect. we got to get done here pretty soon. Let's finish the, the Elimination Chamber card. Yeah, exactly. The, um, <laughs> We're on a clock. All right. 
Other news of the week, uh, Hulk Hogan reportedly coming back to WWE. I believe this is also a melt bomb. Uh, he's coming back, quote, sooner than later. Uh, do you have feelings about this? It's a long pause. I'm not, not happy about it. Yeah. He crossed a line. I'm sorry. He crossed a line that I would hope most people listening to this show would consider uh, unforgivable, but I don't know. Um, you know, I loved Hulk Hogan as a kid. I loved Hulk Hogan through the NWO, through the last WWE run. TNA, obviously, I didn't really give much of a shit. But it's just not cool what he did. This is not cool. But at the same time, it's professional wrestling, and no door is ever closed for that long. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to you know, complain about it on Twitter or belabor the point on this show specifically. It is what it is. And, uh, you know, hopefully he's learned his lesson. I think that hopefully is the, is what is the tough part about it. Like I'm, 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 you know, a lot of my fandom is tied up in Hulk Hogan, you know, like I, I love the Hulk Hogan, the pro wrestler. Uh, it's just the, like, a timeout is not the appropriate right punishment or, or it's not his punishment's not even the right term but like you don't just give somebody a timeout for for uh, you know what he did and and first of all if you're Hulk Hogan I get that like at the beginning it's so there's like just so much static that like you rushing out and like giving interviews not like it's not going to make a bunch of difference but like if this happened to you or me like you would just be like and, and if this were not a, it was just like a terrible moment caught on tape and it's not your true feelings, it would just be like, like, just like burst, like knocking people over to to go on the record and be really sincere about how this wasn't true, right? I mean, I know Hogan's been out there, but like Rosenberg used to say, we used to always, you know, talk about how like Hogan, you like open invitation on the Hot 97, you know, come on, come on over. Like just some way, like that aside, I'm just going to pause that. Like for like you just as a fan as someone who cares about this issue you just want to be able to say, like, that's terrible. But like th like there has been a there has been a reckoning. There has been like you know if WWE just said instead of just disappearing him had said this, we we don't stand for this and like you know we're not going to deal with Hulk Hogan for one year a calendar year then when it's over you feel like well at least he's served his time or something. But there's no serving time. It's just like we're just going to run off the clock until everybody forgets. You know? Yeah. Well, some of us are not going to forget. And it's going to be difficult to to embrace him when he comes back. But the fact that he's coming back, is is it is what it is. It it's is a business decision on WWE's part, and they're going to make a lot of money. And hopefully, um, you know, some good comes of it. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, and honestly, if they could, if like, I don't mind him being in like a WWE video game so much as, but like WWE at this point is it's just like the the real life version of WWE. I mean, they're, they're you know, on some level, they'll be marketing deliberately or no, they'll be marketing off of the, the holy shit factor of them welcoming this guy back. Yeah. Right. So, well, look, if he, I feel like when it's going to happen is WrestleMania because it's in Orlando, it's his backyard. If he comes out, cuts a promo, heartfelt, apologizes really like throws himself on the sword in public in front of 80,000 people or whatever the number is going to be. I'll be okay. I'll be fine. But he has to acknowledge I think, it. Actually, you that that uh, listening to you say that, I think that's exactly right. That they that uh, for all of my complaints just then, 
I'm like the person like criticizing a wrestling storyline like to, you know three weeks before the pay per view. I mean, if this is a setup for just the for like the most incredible emotional moment that if, you know if he's going to come out and really do something like that, um, then it'll it could be more powerful because of the issues that we exactly. have. But it's a but it's walking a fine line, man. WWE. Yep. I don't know, man. You put a microphone <laughs> in Hulk Hogan's hand with the intention of him apologizing. He just like some of that man. Some of his up... Twitter interactions have not been anyway. Well, we can get off this. Yeah. Um, this is a not. This is an apolitical wrestling podcast. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. But, <laughs> Unlike uh, all the other political wrestling podcasts. Um, listen, uh, Jim Cornette really gets. He, well, he does. You're yeah. right about that. Yeah. This is this is actually this is a, like the most meta wrestling podcast this week. We're only talking about other wrestling podcasts uh, and, and wrestling Twitter at this point. Um, the other big news, uh, talking about, you know, uh, old wrestlers from my childhood is the rock and roll express, uh, has been announced as uh, the newest hall of fame inductee. Do you have, uh, do you have any, do you have any rock and roll express memories at all? Um, only about here in California, right? Yeah, no. So I was a WWF guy. Um, but I, of course I watch Saturday night and I watch old clash of champions on TBS and, and all that stuff. So I, I knew, you know, WCW in the Eric Bischoff era. Yeah. I didn't really know uh, until, you know, watching later what the NWA really was about and that kind of stuff. Um, but I do obviously remember the Rock and Roll Express uh, in the NWA invasion angle oh, back, yeah. back in the Attitude Era. Uh, I mean, it's definitely a long time coming just because they were so influential and there would be no um rockers without them there obviously because it was basically a ripoff uh well, there were i mean there were 600 rock and roll themed uh tag teams back in the day but but yeah you're absolutely american true. alpha has a huge debt um to the rock and roll express uh the outlaw new age outlaws you know everybody who made their name as a unit uh owes a debt of gratitude to the rock and roll express and i think it's 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 definitely the time to do it and there's countless wrestlers and, and, and bookers and all kinds of uh, industry people who deserve to be in the, in the WWE Hall of Fame, and their resume speaks for itself. It's Cornette's turn next, right? You got to put Cornette in. in. Well, let's give, we'll give credit to Jerry the King Lawler. I think he's the one that came up with the Rock and Roll Express gimmick and put these two dudes together and made you know helped make them what they are. I, I wrote. Speaking of Lawler, I wrote a piece about going to see Lawler wrestle a few years ago back at Grantland when he was, it was his first match post heart attack. And he was having this, basically this, you know, legends show in Memphis. It wasn't in Memphis. It was in Tunica, Mississippi, which is 30, 45 miles South of Memphis, but at a casino. But it, so I went down there to watch it and um, I'll retweet that piece. Cause I, I, I love that piece. But um, there was one point where I was just like walking through the casino and saw Ricky Morton, like, like texting or on the or on his phone and like smoking a cigarette with a beer and, and like grandpa glasses and is just like frosted spiky mullet uh, you know he just looked like like three different things at one time but and none of them were a scary person <laughs> sure. like a physically imposing pro fighter um but you know, then they, you know, like they, you see him wrestling. I mean, he's, they, they're still out there wrestling probably, right? I mean, they're, they're, you see him wrestling. He's just, he, he's, I guess he's always been, I mean, he's always been small. He's always been on it, like not particularly physically impressive, but he's a star, you know? And that was part of what I wrote about that week was just the incredible distance between reality and mortality and these like in-ring superheroes. And Ricky Morton, 
Uh, I mean, Robert Gibson is the rock of that team, but Ricky Morton personified that weird chasm. That that's what pro wrestling is all about. He he personified that more than anybody. Um, if you got, I, I don't, I haven't even looked at the network to see if it's on there. But um, when he was back in WCW or NWA, he had a he had a brief feud with Flair for the title, and it was just because he was so over. Like I remember very clearly, like a formative moment for me was Ric Flair. Like beating him up in the locker and, and like rubbing his face against the concrete floor and, b- and busting him open, and uh, I mean, first of all, that's some grisly stuff. I mean, my I, I'm gonna go back and rewatch it. It might just be like a drop of blood, but knowing knowing the Rock and Roll Express, it was probably a, a, a crimson mask. Um, but yeah, man, he those guys were those guys were crazy over. And props to them for taking bumps during total nonstop deletion. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were out there working with the Hardy Boys. Dream match finally happened. Oh man, they're they're just I mean just just a great tag team, and it's cool to see them get in because yeah, I mean they they uh, they they really deserve it, man. And they and I mean they've just brought so many fans so much joy over the years. And there's a lot of uh, NWA slash WCW guys who, to my knowledge, are not in that deserve to be in. Vader is on that list, obviously. Um, just for being one of the great monster heels of all time. Mm-hmm. I don't think Sid is in. Yeah, I mean, listen, they, they can't put everybody in or there wouldn't be a Hall of Fame induction next year. It right. would just be like the guy who just retired every year. But yeah, um, yeah no, I, I like this move. I like this move. And we, we should go back. We should be sometime between now and WrestleMania. Let's let's uh, we'll, let's let's do some do a live viewing of a, I love this of a Rock and Roll Express match on here, because like I said, man, they, they did some they did some really cool stuff. Um, all right, back to what really what people really care about. Um, we have the elimination chambers coming up. We have Fastlane. How far away is Fastlane now? Three weeks, four weeks, something like that. Um, but last night we had we both had Goldberg accepting. Les- I mean, Monday night we had Goldberg accepting Lesnar's WrestleMania challenge and also booking himself into the main event of Fastlane <laughs> against uh, against Kevin Owens. Yeah. Um, this is another one where we have the elimination chamber, as we were discussing with Dan, where it seems like a done deal that we have we we know who's going to win. And we like the the assumption is that Bray Wyatt is going to win the title and then set up this this you know Orton Wyatt WrestleMania match. The assumption for Fastlane is that Goldberg is going to win the title to set up the ti- to make his Lesnar match for the Universal title. Um, I think maybe in the I mean in both in both instances. Like uh, like I was you know extrapolating with with about the elimination chamber, it's possible that they just go the other way. We certainly were surprised that that uh, Kevin Owens walked out of the Rumble with the title. I mean they 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 they're not opposed to sort of you know teasing it teasing us along. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you think do you think that Orton versus Wyatt and Lesnar versus Goldberg are the right two places for the two big titles at WrestleMania? There's a way to wrap your brain around both of them being okay. And I would be a hypocrite after everything that I said post-Survivor Series to claim that Goldberg doesn't deserve the belt, that he should not be beating Kevin Owens. This is a travesty of justice. He's the most over babyface on Raw. Full stop. He's the most over babyface on Raw. So why not give him the belt? It's the biggest match of the show. Why not have it be for the title? There's a, a a contrary opinion where you say give the belt to a match that needs a little bit more gravitas, and we've talked about that many times. 
But the fact of the matter is, this is the this this is the match. This is the match that's selling I, subscriptions to the I, network. I don't I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with any of your points. I I think that the the, the point you make, I mean, the, about you know, give it to another match to because it needs it. I think it's actually the inverse of that. I think it's that Goldberg versus Lesnar absolutely does not need it. Right. And if anything, it's sort of to me, it it takes a little bit of the air out of that match just because it's it doesn't get to be just a spectacle. You know, like it doesn't get to be you, you don't have the potential for it being a 20 second squash. Yeah, and I wouldn't want that again. But like that sort of unexpectedness probably won't happen because now it has the it has the onus of being the big like the main event of the show, basically. Right. right. Um, and I'm not sure that it gains anything from having the from having the title except for just the card overall gains from the main event being the main event. You know, I mean, from that the biggest match being the title match. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that the, the only, I mean, the, the, the other fear is that we, I mean, the last time they fought at a WrestleMania was one of the most, you know, just ridiculous moments in wrestling history, right? I mean, they're just getting booed out of the stadium. And I, I feel, I, I, my, my worry, it, even if I thought, even if I totally go to agree with you that this is, it's the biggest match, he's the most over babyface, put the title on that. Even if I agreed with that 100%, I would still be concerned that having two part-timers with, I mean, I'm sure we'll know uh, if we don't know already that there's a, they probably have a total of, you know, four more matches contractually. I mean, Goldberg has one match after WrestleMania or something, and according... No, I think he, I think WrestleMania is it, because I think it was Rumble, um, Fastlane, WrestleMania. Well, they'll, okay, they'll sign him to a one match extension just so we don't have this conversation every day leading up to WrestleMania. I mean, right. we can. There'll probably be something else, but still, uh, I was gonna. I was the point I was making was even if they have six more months each on the card, it's still the same vibe of like this doesn't matter, you know. Right. I mean, it doesn't like, and I, I, I think from a WWE perspective, I would be concerned that the fans, as hyped up as they are for Goldberg, as much as they love Brock Lesnar would just be tempted to ironically invoke their WrestleMania 20 match. Yeah. But, you know, I have to say, they've been planning for two, three years now, this idea of Brock Lesnar with the belt, dropping it to a full-time big star, right? That was the plan at WrestleMania 31. Uh, it didn't happen. Um or was it? Yeah, it was WrestleMania 31. After he beat Undertaker the year before, he goes in, he faces Roman Reigns. Reigns hypothetically was going to win the belt. Didn't happen for a variety of reasons, mostly due to Roman Reigns not being very over as a babyface. Yeah. And so he's never given the rub to anybody. Why not do it now? Why not give him the belt through this Goldberg feud with another part timer, have him hold the belt for six months, drop it at SummerSlam to. Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, God knows who, um, and then let him walk off into the sunset because he's he's running out of years and running out of interest, I think, in wrestling. And you can't have your biggest star be a part-timer. Yeah. So it, it seems inevitable to me, and it's this seems like a good way to put the belt on him again. Yeah. No, I'm, It's a bummer. It's a bummer because it's not going to be a great match. Uh, it's taking the belt away from you know, a smart favorite and Kevin Owens uh, and Owens Jericho could certainly use the title, but I think the biggest, I mean, I love, I'm going to be excited about Owens Jericho. It's, I mean, that's, it's, you know, whatever, but I think that the, 
I think that the it, it doesn't matter about holds the belt. I mean, that's the but, belt is a prop. That's but, what they always say. Yeah, but the, but but it does. But the, but it's. I mean, the thing that fans will react to is taking the belt off of Owens and then putting as much as you know Owens Jericho is going to be great, putting him directly into a feud that doesn't involve the belt. Like right. he, if he were, you know, if he were involved, if if we thought he was going to interfere in the gold, you know, in the main in the Universal Title match, that would help. You know, that would take some of the sting off. If we thought he was still circling around the title, it's not that big of a deal. But uh, And we have to ignore the fact that he's probably not going to get his contractually obligated or mandated rematch, which is a, a storyline gimmick that they use all the time. He's not going to wrestle him on a, a random Raw for the belt. Sure. So it's just like, well, why does he not care anymore? Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. Oh, and then Orton and Bray, I think... I'm fine with it because Bray Wyatt deserves to be WWE champion at least for a few months. It just seems like he's so over and he's so good at his job that he should get to be a champion. Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Think about all the guys in the... I almost wish Bray Wyatt... Finish. I'm sorry. I, I, I was going to say, think about all the guys in the, in the 80s and 90s who were so over and never got the belt because of Hogan or because of uh, Shawn Michaels. You know, Vader never had the WWF title. Rick Rude, Jake the Snake, DiBiase, all these guys who were such great characters and such great performers, uh, they never got to have that honor, and I think Bray Wyatt deserves it. Of anybody that hasn't had it on SmackDown, he's he's at the top of the list. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I almost wish that Bray Wyatt was not winning was not winning the title on the road to WrestleMania, even though this is a great this is the the level of esteem that we will complain about it in the other direction, like with Goldberg or whatever. But, um, you know, I almost wish it was just like I felt it. It seems like there's no there's nothing they can do to make the WrestleMania the run to WrestleMania feel organic at this point. And I know I'm just like overthinking this and being too much of a smart mark and everything else. But um, yeah, you know, I, like it, it almost feels like. I'm happy that he's being that if he if he wins on Sunday, I'm happy that he's being anointed anointed. Uh, but I wish it was a little bit more organic. And this storyline, don't get me wrong, I mean, has been has been told over a number of months and has been really compelling. I mean, I think that you always joke about the everything's everything that happens on TV is in service of the video package um that'll that'll run the next week. I mean the video package for this Randy Orton um, Bray Wyatt angle is going to be incredible, you know? I mean, if that's if they fight at WrestleMania like that, I'll I always complain about the video packages run going too long, but I'll watch twenty minutes of like background on this on this feud. Yeah, you know? no, it, it's 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 really well told. I'm, I'm not saying it's not poorly told. I'm just saying there's a like just the entire WrestleMania season has a sort of manufactured feel to it, which is incredible. Incredible that I just said that about a pro wrestling. <laughs> we, what we need to do, one of us, maybe not both, but one of us next year should just completely go dark from all rumors, all spoilers. And just do from January through April without knowing anything and see if that changes the way that you feel about WrestleMania season. Because one of the problems is we we know too much. We can't the story can't be told with any sort of surprise anymore because we're spoiling it for ourselves. We're the kids getting up while our parents are sleeping and opening our Christmas presents. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, I'll take it. Takes a little bit of the sting off there, I guess. I, I'm here to make you feel better, David. Um, so Goldberg will be 50 years old when he's a champion. <laughs> Is that the it, well? Just, now Flair's got to be the oldest champion in in wrestling history, right? No, no. The fabulous, <laughs> fabulous Moolah was, I think, in her last in her, her la I'm looking at this right now. Her last real champ, her last 
actual run when she when she beat well, yeah there she held it for over for just over a year in 86 87 and she was 53 i believe um all this wwf champions it, vince mcmahon right yeah and then uh, <sighs> yes of course and then and and then won it again in 99 but like as far as like legitimate champs i wonder how, how old was flair at his last uh, during his last reign um but yeah it's not like old ch- champions over 50 is not unheard of it's a little bit weird as much as they've been pushing you know athletic legitimacy over the past year or two um particularly with the women's division but but certainly but in general you know and and uh that's what the brock lesnar era has been all about in a lot of ways um i guess man i mean i don't it's hard it's hard to knock goldberg i mean he's i mean when he had when he if he when he has a has to have a 20 minute match and if, if it's terrible i guess you know we can change the song but that but that's um so far you're right i mean he's very very over and and successful so it's a shame ddp's retired because he's the only guy who can get a good match out of goldberg <laughs> um ddp would probably come back for that right yeah sure why not um, he can promote ddp yoga on the air if they just had a legends division that was like a like <laughs> that was wcw like a, in 1998 <laughs> i know but what if they just, could they just have that could they just have a separate division for like the like they do on the on the like the pga tour or whatever i mean just like oh, wrestlers boy. over 50 oh boy i mean i would watch the hell out of that on the network it was just an hour if of WWE like, passed a, like an edict that we're just not going to let anybody over the age of 49 wrestle somebody would come in and start a 50 and over wrestling federation that would get better ratings than wwe i mean people have tried that there was that that legends of wrestling pay-per-view which was famously the worst wrestling pay-per-view of all time where jake the snake roberts is uh assault not assault verbally assaulting people while drunk in the, the arena but uh i mean i would watch shane douglas throw suplexes yeah, no, I mean, I think that there's, uh, well, okay, if they did it now, it would think it would be more effective because we have guys like Goldberg that look like, you know. They're jacked, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're incredible. People People are staying in better shape. You yeah. know, you don't have to, like, go get Jerry Sags out of bed to wrestle. You know, it's, it's, it's be... <laughs> Jerry Sags is literally in bed right now, I guarantee you. Yeah, well, um, it depends on when people are listening. Never, no, no, no it doesn't. <laughs> no, it he's doesn't. in bed. Uh, okay. He's asleep. Um, what do we need to hit on from Raw before we circle back around to Elimination Chamber? Um, um akira tozawa made his big debut and boy did they hype him up yeah interesting choice um you know the cruiserweight division they did that big uh multi-person match <laughs> i still feel like nothing's nothing's happening that's all that needs to be said about that nothing's um, happening with that samoa joe versus roman reigns we touched on it before but that was i really enjoyed that match strong match yeah i mean two styles that work really well together physical and drops bruising style both samoans yes definitely um the women's title angle continues apace bailey and charlotte next week for the belt yeah. have to assume bailey's winning the title on raw well, that's when Charlotte's at her weakest. We know yep. that. Um, Monday nights are kryptonite for Charlotte Flair. All right. Uh, the Elimination Chamber is this Sunday, believe it or not. Um, we we touch on everything to start off the show, but your official prediction for the main event, is it Bray? Okay, just to run it down. John Cena versus AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose versus The Miz versus Baron Corbin versus Bray Wyatt. I, I don't have hard feel, like you know deep feelings about the elimination chamber match the contrivance itself although I will say my girlfriend was just laughed out loud when they showed the video package because the pods are so silly but that's sort of the 
She might change her mind completely by you know by Sunday. Um, moreover, Nalo kept calling it the Hell in a Cell match Did in the he? first like first oh, thirty totally minutes of this. the show. Uh, it's it's basically a Hell in a Cell match with the stupid pod gimmick. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't mean, I like, like the fact that they have to like watch and they you know you can jump off the pods and everything, but it's it's just a. I don't know. I just, people, I mean, I'm just such a mark this week. I don't know why, but it's like, you know, just make it a, just make it a regular old match. I guess it can be having all the people. It's, you have to come up with some contrivance, but, um, you know, the steel cage still has more gravitas than just about anything else in my mind. So, yeah. And they, they did a a couple packages this week with, uh, former combatants. Sort of hyping that a lot. Yeah, Yeah. I thought it was cool. Um, and Goldberg, you know, surprisingly absent from that, as far as I remember, because Goldberg was in one, and he could have done, I guess they would have had to pay him extra <laughs> to be in the video. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's not my favorite gimmick match. Uh, there are worse gimmick matches. Uh, usually they involve a pole and Judy Bagwell. But uh, it's going to be fine. Uh, I think uh, Bray Wyatt winning is is almost inevitable. The mark in me wishes it was the Miz, because I'm a huge Miz mark, but... You know, I think the story that they're telling, the placement of the Wyatt family on the card on SmackDown every week is in the main event, and it's not going to be seen with the championship. I don't. I mean, this is serious. This is in a great elimination chamber, just in so much as like I could fantasy book all of these guys to winning if it weren't for the presumption of the Bray Wyatt win. I mean, everybody here has a case. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a case for, and everybody has a case for headlining WrestleMania. You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's a really good. Well, there's always there's Baron Corbin. Although he won on Tuesday night, do you think that that's just to make it to add to his legitimacy going into this match, or is there? Do you think that this is the beginning of the Baron Corbin era? I mean, I think that by SummerSlam he's going to be in the main event. I think he's probably going to win the Intercontinental Title at WrestleMania. I think that this guy is a limit for that guy, uh, and, and the push will continue long past this pay per view. Okay. I don't think he has any chance of winning. I don't think that. That would be a particularly smart booking choice. I don't think he's ready, but you put him in the ring with all those guys, all those those top guys, and he looks good. His his promos are getting better. His confidence is going up. I I think he's great. I, I think he's had some good matches too. You know, just from a work rate work rate perspective. Yeah. No, I I, I totally agree. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, listen, when Bray Wyatt, if Bray Wyatt wins, I'm going to mark out. I'm just like, I mean, it's going to be great. It's yeah, gonna, it's going to be a moment. That's what we watch wrestling for is those times when you can chant you deserve it. And we get those. We get those. You know, it's just it, it, it doesn't always happen the way we want it to happen. And we have to remember that we watch this stuff for the times when the guys who deserve it get the belt. Wow, that was profound. Thanks, man. You should end on that. That was, that was really good. <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> no, I think I think that's it. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I really don't have anything to add. I hope that I just hope that the moment on Sunday lives up to like all of my Bray Wyatt Mark uh, uh, innermost feelings. I have I actually I, I bought a Bray Wyatt action figure a week ago. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, we had some people over at the house to watch the Super Bowl, and uh, Bray Wyatt is on top of my mantle in crab formation and that got a lot of got a lot of comments so uh i hope that yeah i, do, I just hope it's as, as as much a moment as i uh as i hope it will be think anyway, about all the times he's jobbed in in big matches it's true so many times it's, and it was all leading to this this was one epic 
six year storyline. He had to job to he had to job to Cena at WrestleMania 30 just so he could be in this position. I think it, it all it's all making sense now. <laughs> this is all part of WWE's long con and and Bray Wyatt in care it's his kayfabe. This was all part of the plan. The master plan. Um, well, thanks a lot, man. Of you course. have anything to plug this week? Uh, at Dave Schilling on Twitter. I'm going to the NBA All-Star Game, uh, so I'll be covering that for Bleacher Report. Check that out. And, uh, yeah, trust the process. Trust the process. Enjoy New Orleans. I will. It's like one of the one of the great cities this country has to offer. I will be coming back without my cell phone, my keys, and my wallet, I'm sure. Um, the one person we didn't mention in the Elimination Chamber, I think, through this entire episode was was uh, Dean Ambrose. So actual apologies <laughs> to Dean Ambrose for that omission, but at a deeper level, general apologies to Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next week, humans. <laughs> <laughs>